to another episode of Next Man Up. And it is, of course, a special episode this week because we have the beat, and that is Elliot Short-Parks, who is joining myself, Mick, and Phil. Elliot, thank you for your time in such a busy week during free agency. How are you, sir? Doing good, doing good. There's not many pods I would have taken the time for, but happy to be back on, uh, happy to be back on with you guys. Flattery, flattery will get you everything. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's amazing. No, seriously, thank you so much for your time. And I know you're busy, so we'll forego some of the usual next man of welcomes. Mick, Phil, we'll hear how you are in a little bit. We'll just get straight into <laughs> <Elliot>. you. <laughs> We're just going to get straight into, into Elliot because, as I mentioned, it's free agency. Yes. And we saw a big, a big wedge being forked out yesterday for Hassan Riddick. I messaged you, well, you messaged me after I put up on, on Twitter yesterday. I'm hearing there's another, there's another scoop coming. You said, I know. Where is this? turns out my, my, uh, my source is bad. So there you go. Well, they tried. I mean, they tried to do something. They tried to get Marcus Williams and uh, it didn't work out. But so maybe your source was right. But in free agency, that's the thing. Like, you, you know, they're, they have a plan and they try to get it, but it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah, awesome. Well, there you go. Maybe I'll give my guy a second chance next time. Exactly. Around. Don't don't burn him just yet. <laughs> Listen, I want to get straight into Hassan Riddick. I've seen some of the stuff you put on on Twitter today. Linebacker, defensive end. He's played both positions. He's rushed yeah. the quarterback a lot in the last in the last two three years. Something the Eagles didn't do very well last year no. under a Jonathan Gannon defense. What do you what are you expecting to see from Hassan uh, this 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 year coming? Yeah, so I think that the, as you mentioned, the obvious kind of question and concern with him is he he moves all over the field. He did it in Arizona. They had him at times at linebacker. They didn't rush him as much from the defensive line. They had times where they had him line up as a slot corner, essentially, as a nickel corner. So I think that that's not what they're going to do. They're going to talk about it when they sign him and when they have their official announcement press conference. Hassan will talk about how he can line up all over the field. He has his uh, description on Twitter as a weapon. But at the bottom line is we've all been following the Eagles and covering them long enough to know they're not giving 30 million guaranteed to someone that they're not bringing in to rush the passer. They don't value the linebacker position enough. And you can find guys that are good at a lot of things, but not great at any on the fifth or sixth day of free agency. On the day one of free agency, you sign guys that you think have elite premium skills. And for Hassan Reddick, that skill has to be rushing the passer. That's the team's biggest need outside of the whole quarterback debacle, which I'm sure we will get into in depth, but as a, as a pass rusher, that's where they need him to shine. 23 and a half sacks over the last two years. It isn't often that a player at his age, at his position, with his production hits free agency. And the Eagles were smart to jump on him. They were smart to give him the deal that they did. Now he has to, he has to prove it as a pass rusher. That's their biggest need. That's absolutely what they need him to do the most. So interesting, interesting question for me here. <clears throat> you mentioned his prime age, 27. Yeah. You know, 23 sacks over the last couple of years. You talk about rushing the pass. It's lucky me coming in to do that. There's a couple of things going on here for me. Howie nodding to the linebacker conversations that have been going around for years. He must know that people talk about the not valuing the position. You mentioned yeah. it. But Jonathan Gannon has come back for a second year as a defensive coordinator. And his, his soft, you know, his soft coverage defense isn't conducive to a lot of pressures getting to the quarterback. So... Yeah. The question for me here is because myself and Phil and Mick were pondering this yesterday. Is is this a signing for three, four, or five years past the Jonathan Gannon defensive coordinator role? Or do you think do you think the Eagles were are planning for a change in that? Or do you see them changing this year under Gannon? 
So it's a good question. Um, I think that a, a couple things. One, a lot of what Gannon did was personnel based. When you talk about the, look at the Eagles safety positions. They did not have good safeties last year. And because of that, he didn't really trust one to play single high a ton. So I think a lot of it was personnel based. Now, in terms of Hassan Riddick, his best strength is speed at 6'1", 230 pounds off the edge. If you look at all of his sacks from last year, the majority of them came from beating bigger guys. We saw it against Jordan Mailata when he played the Jets who have big tackles. He did really well against them. So he's going to win with speed. So you're right that when you're playing soft coverage and you're playing off, that can negate the pass rush because they can just get it out quickly. So I do think his speed helps in that regard because he's able to get off the ball quicker than Josh Sweat and certainly Brandon Graham at Brandon Graham's age with his injury history. So I do think you could see the Eagles play a little more press man to give him more time to get to the quarterback. But ultimately, Jonathan Gannon's defensive scheme, although much maligned and much debated, was pretty successful in a lot of games that they played. There were not many games other than when they played the elite level quarterbacks who, who do it against everybody. They, they did well in the majority of games. So I think you'll see some changes for sure when the personnel changes and when they have more trust in that pass rush. But yeah, I mean, his speed, they're hoping is gonna be able to get to the quarterback quicker than their defensive ends were last year. I love that. Mick, just a quick take on, on Reddick. He must be I know you were looking for that position to be filled, uh, both in the draft as well as maybe the free agency. Delighted with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great pickup for the Eagles. Um, I, I still think it's, it's worth looking at the uh, the pass rush in the draft as well. I don't think mm -hmm. we should stop um, at Reddick. But, you know, he's like Elliot's pretty much summed up perfectly well is uh, that he's been brought in to get to the quarterback. That's what he does. Had 15 sacks on the season last year. He has had two back-to-back -back seasons where he's posted uh, double-figure in sacks, something mm -hmm. an Eagles pass rusher hasn't done in 10 years, um, I'm led to believe. So, you know, it's, it's definitely something that w was quite apparent um, that last season there that we were just weren't getting to the quarterback enough um, and the, the, the sack rate just wasn't there. Um, we're probably going to lose Derek Barnett this season. Um, we're, we're very right on, on that edge. You know, Josh Sweat has sort of had a breakout year last year. Um, Brandon Graham's getting older. You know, he'll, he'll be coming back off of that injury that he, that he sustained as well. So definitely, definitely a player, player I need. And I like his versatility as well, you know, so he, he can possibly play in that Sam role. But, you know, he, first and foremost, he's going to be getting to the quarterback. Love that. And just on that point, I mean, we, we, we've all just touched there on some of the other defensive ends. <clears throat> I remember when Milton Williams came in, there was a, a talk yeah. of him being DMD tackle. I'm surprised I'm not seeing more people talk about Mil Milton Williams in that rotational role, Elliot. W with him there, with Graham there, with Sweat there, with Reddick there, do you think the Eagles go again defensive end in the first round? Or do you think maybe later in, maybe in the draft? No, I think they'll definitely go defensive end in the first round. I think they could still draft two defensive linemen with those three first round picks if they keep them all. Hassan Riddick, as we kind of talked about already, is not your prototypical defensive end. He's not a 4-3 hand in the ground pass rusher. He gets there, he gets sacks, and 23 and a half sacks, you don't get that by luck. I'm not diminishing that, but he is not a hand in the ground, beat premium offensive tackles with pass rushing moves, pass rusher. That's not who he is. And at 15, 16, and 19, guys that project to be that will be there. Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State is certainly one of them. Uh, David Ogba out of Michigan, one of those guys. Uh, the defensive end out of Purdue. If you move up a little bit, 
Um, you know, Trevon Walker out of Georgia, who seems to be going higher than 10 or 11 ish range, but guys like that, like those are guys that how he wants to build around how he values three positions, quarterback, offensive line, defensive line, they're set at offensive line, the quarterbacks of, you know, whatever, that's another discussion. The defensive line is one that it sets up perfectly to invest in because that's where the strength of the draft is too. The strength is not a quarterback. The strength of this draft is pass rusher. And if the Eagles had to pick a position other than quarterback for this to be a strong draft in, it would be pass rusher. So I don't think Hassan Riddick really uh, impacts the chances they'll take one or not in the first round. Love that. Um, <clears throat> right. Good chat about free agency so far. Just quickly, have the Eagles done enough in free agency for you so far? Do you think we've missed out, taken too many too many swings and misses here on the, on the wide receiver, especially in that position? Yeah, so I, I think it's been a, a bad free agency so far for the Eagles. I know it's only been two days, but in reality, it's been like three weeks with all the re uh, receivers that get tagged, the quarterback, Russell Wilson, that was traded. Aaron Rodgers was not traded. When you started this offseason, you looked and you went, they have three first-round picks. Aaron Rodgers could be gone, like all these things. And you said, all right, maybe the Eagles with the right kind of path could really take a step forward next year. And the Eagles seem to know that because they tried to sign Marcus Williams. They tried to sign Christian Kirk. They tried to sign for Calvin Ridley. Tried, tried to trade for Calvin Ridley, I should say. So they know that they need to make major upgrades to the roster. I, I think the Eagles is currently constructed – they could win eight games. They could win nine games again next year, but they're not going to be better than, than they were last year. They're not going to go and run through the entire NFL again. Teams know that they that that's how you stop them now. So as of right now, the Eagles' best chance of being better is Jalen Hurts taking a massive step forward. And maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but I'd feel a lot better betting on that happening if they would have gotten better receivers. And frankly, if they had a better quarterback. So I, I don't think it's been a successful free agency for the Eagles so far. And I mean, let's just get straight into it. Quarterback discussion. Mm. Missed out on missed out on Wilson, of course, which we saw. Not many quarterbacks available left to trade for. Right. None serviceable. That will be a significant upgrade on what you have in a what is effectively a second a second year quarterback. I know he's his third year. Um, showed some flashes. Brought the Eagles to the Super Bowl. A Super Bowl. Oh, that'd be nice. The playoffs. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not that positive on Jalen Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you see happening now? Because there are you know, Malik and Willis in the draft. There's not much hype around the other quarterbacks in the draft. Right. Deshaun Watson has been cleared of his, you know, the initial charges against him. Obviously, he's going to go to the civil court. We're going to see how that plays out. Do you do you still sell the house for Watson if it, if it comes along? Do you hold those chips and look for a quarterback in the 2023 draft where they're mm -hmm. touted to be? of a higher talent value than they were this year around? So I think there's there's two ways to look at this. The first is what I would do, and the second is what the Eagles would do. So let's get both. Eagles, let's get both. So from the perspective of the Eagles, I think it's one of the more difficult and interesting decisions Howie Roseman will ever have to make as a general manager. Because if there was no off the field stuff with Deshaun Watson, there would be universal support for trading for him. The guy threw for like 5,000 yards the last time he played. He's only 26, 27 years old. He can be a top five player at the position. He's under contract. Like he checks all the boxes that you want. He can make plays with his legs. He has a rocket for an arm. He's won in the playoffs. Like there's not a lot not to like about Deshaun Watson, the player. When Howie builds a team, he wants to start with a quarterback. You saw that with Carson in 2016. Carson was a caliber of prospect Howie believed in. Jalen is not that caliber of prospect. They said it themselves when they drafted him that they essentially viewed him as a backup. And that's why you that's why they took him. So 
I think Howie wants to trade for Deshaun Watson. I think Lurie has probably told him it's okay to trade for Deshaun Watson. The question is, does Deshaun Watson want to come to Philadelphia? You see that he's taking various meetings with teams. I would not rule the Eagles out. I think there's still a chance that he ends up in Philadelphia. Um, and so I, I think in, in there, in terms of that, like you're seeing how the Eagles feel about Jalen Hurts. They tried to trade for Russell Wilson. Last year, they tried to trade up in the draft for Zach Wilson. They're trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. Like it's clear that they know they need to make an upgrade a quarterback. So I think they would trade for Deshaun Watson. And I still think it's a possibility. What would I do? I would not trade for Deshaun Watson. I think the year off from football has me worried about him coming back. I think the fact that we saw with Carson and obviously these are extremely different situations, but Carson, like I think the mental part, like the, the pressure of what happened with Foles and all the off the field stuff really got to him. Carson was a talented guy and then he got hurt and he had all types of traumatic off the field things happen to him. Deshaun Watson, obviously with his situation, he's, you know, I, he's not calling him a victim, but he took a year off of football and is going to come back with a giant bullseye on his chest. I would be worried about that. If I'm investing three first round picks plus, I want to be sure that I know what I'm getting. And I think Deshaun Watson's a question mark at this point. So I think the Eagles would do it. I think it could work out well if they do, but if I was GM, I don't think it's a move I'd make. That's an interesting take. Cause not a lot of, not a lot of people have, have compared so far the similarities between the not middle of the I'm not putting Carson Wentz in the same character bracket per se, but dealing with what it's like to play for the Philadelphia Eagles at the link in the city, the pressure that builds, and you're probably going to have a fan base who are 50 50 for Deshaun yeah. Watson if he comes in. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of booing everywhere he goes on the road. There's going to be booing, there's going to be a lot of pressure, he's going to get a lot of hate, there's going to be signs up. You can just imagine, you know, the rhetoric which will be everywhere around this situation. And it's a good point. We've seen a number of players fail to adapt to that way of life at, yeah. in Philadelphia. Um, not, not least <clears throat> Carson Wentz, Jalen Rager, um, Nelson Aguilar. I don't need to, you know, play the same tune. We all know who these players are. Yeah. Um, Simmons, <clears throat> basketball. There you go. <laughs> Throw that in there. But yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting take. I mean, I'm I'm in your camp, and I wouldn't make that move. Uh, but I'm I'm becoming less and less confident that that's not a serious serious possibility that they're looking at um hashtag quarterback factory i'm not sure he wants that being said again but yeah. i don't think how I, I know i know how he doesn't like to hear that phrase so. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure he's listening elliot sorry right. yeah i'm sure he is don't worry i know of he is <laughs> yeah but uh, i mean if if you if the results keep rolling in you know if we do trade for watson and you know the, the the fan base is split if the results are rolling in watson's um dealing dealing the ball and putting up crazy points and we end up in the playoffs and winning a couple of playoffs games, fans are going to go inside. Fans forget. Yep. Just the way it yeah. is. I, I agree. And uh, that's what makes it tough because if you're Howie, your job ultimately is to win games and there's no question Deshaun Watson helps you win games. So uh, it's a, it's an extremely tough decision for them. I think it's one that they've made and that they were willing to trade for him, but now we wait and see. I think he ends up in Carolina personally. Oh. I think that's, the best spot for him in terms of he's from the South. He played college ball there. I think it's a, a better chance for him to go there and just readapt to NFL football, but I'm sure the Eagles will be thrilled if he picked them. Yeah. Uh, rumors today about the Falcons and obviously the Browns beforehand as well as people, there's a lot of teams obviously gunning for him now, which is a different, a different message that we were hearing out of both the teams and the East Coast watching camp this time last year. So yeah. um, it's <clears throat> there's no doubt Deshaun Watson, I think, is going to be 
playing in the NFL again. Uh, when that is, is, is another question that will be answered in, in due course. Mm. We're going to get your recap of the 2021 predictions, but I think I'm going to hold them back. You know, I'm going to dangle that character. They, they weren't that good, I guess. No, no, no. They were trying to save me from. No, 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 no. I'm dangling the carrot because I want you to come on again before the season starts, like you did last time, Absolutely. and then we'll and then we'll give you then we'll give you how you did, and then see how you go for 2022. <laughs> All right. Um, but I, I do have one. J, I remember my JJ one, so I know that one didn't work out uh, too high. Phil, do you remember, you got that one to hand, Phil? Yeah, I've got them written down. Yeah, <laughs> five, five plus touchdowns. JJ, not, <laughs> not the bold prediction that I thought it would be. <laughs> Uh, you also said that you don't spend a second round pick on a guard when talking about Dickerson. That uh, turns out well, <laughs> they kind of did. did not, also, did not turn out well. He clearly played well, so maybe Howie knows a little more than me. I'm not sure about it. You you, you have some really good ones in there. But let's hold fire because there are some good <laughs> ones to tell next time around. Um, Zach Berman, who was on with us a couple of weeks ago, uh, did a yeah. similar thing with you. He got a few right. Um, but la- last time we had him on, we asked him who'd win between a who would a fight between you and him. Zach, Zach laid out, lay down like a puppy and said, you got him covered, Elliot. Is that uh, right? I, I don't know. I think, honestly, if me and Zach fought, it would just be hard for everybody to watch. I can't really <laughs> picture a winner in that situation. Zach's yeah. a very nice guy. I feel too bad to hit him. And uh, I know, yeah. right? You have had a, had a history of overestimating your physical ability when it comes to sports. Well, haven't well, you? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if hitting a home run is overestimating. I said I would luck into one and it is baseball season. So don't worry. My mentions already filled with people saying. <laughs> I have to say, I um, absolutely loved it when I asked some of the fan base for some questions for Elliot. And, you know, <clears throat> you're great, Elliot, because you get the fan base talking, you get people oh, yeah. discussing, you get takes. And I love that. For better I, or worse. For better. Better or worse in certain scenarios, <laughs> absolutely. Let's get the fan base talking about stuff. I'm all about that. You know, I did journalism. I know exactly. what it was like back then. It's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all good fun. Listen, I know we've only got you for a short amount more time. So <clears throat> I wanted to get a little bit of a mock draft in for you here uh, on, the right. spot, on the spot. Just the first round. We're not going get, to get you going any further than that. Basically, pretty simple. Who are you, are you, are you trading any of the first three picks? Mm-hmm. Don't need to know who you're trading to or any of that kind right. of stuff, but... Give us, give us your mock, give us your mock round, your mock first round uh, draft. I mean, and we'll, we'll right. promise not to hold you to it. Man, this is a, this is a tough one. Um, so here, here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. I think the overall they need to fix the offense. That's what I said coming into this. That the Eagles' defense is not going to be the reason they make the playoffs next year. And if it is, they're not getting very far in the playoffs. So there is a part of me that in this mock draft wants to just go with receivers or a quarterback or do something like that. But I also think how you miss in the draft is reaching for need. And I just don't know if there's any receivers at 15, 16, or 19 that I, that I really like. I mean, there's the kid out of Arkansas. But to me, I, he just doesn't strike me as a number one type receiver. I like Drake London out of USC. I don't think he's a reach at 19. But I just have flashes of my JJ prediction. Like, I just, there's something about the tall receiver. I'm like, the Eagles are just never going to hit on one. So, don't trust a Pac 12. <laughs> exactly. Pac 12. Like, it just, I'm good. I'll stay away. Andre Dillard, like, I'm, I'm fine. But at 15, 16, and 19, so I think you have to go pass rush. I mean, I would take a linebacker like Nicobe Dean, Devin Lloyd. I do think one of them will be on the board at 15. You look at the cornerback position, I don't think Sauce Gardner is going to be there anymore. But obviously, if he were to fall there, I would take him. But if they could get out of the draft with Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, like I said, David Ogba out of Michigan, two guys I know they like, I'm honestly okay using 
all three on pass rushes if they have to. I think you load up at a premium position at what the best in the draft is. Because let's be honest, they're not going to hit on all these first-round picks. It's just the how drafting goes. You, they, if Howie gets two starters out of there, that would be a good draft. Who's your lock, Elliot? Who's your lock? You got to pick one of, one of those guys. Who's your lock? For me, the, you can yeah. lock your hat on. The guy they really like is Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. They saw him at the Senior Bowl. I think he fits the, the range of picks there. He might go at 12, but you can move up for him. If I had to write a name in an envelope and, and ship it over to you guys to open up on draft night, I think it would be uh, Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I'm writing that envelope right now. I'll send it to you, Mick and Phil. We'll, we'll get that sorted. Love that pick. <laughs> he, did, he absolutely destroyed Notre Dame in the first game of the season last year. Yeah. Um, our offensive line was struggling, to say the least, so... Uh, well, and he's much Johnson, more of a prototypical monster, monster. He's much more of a prototypical defensive end. You just look at his his arm length, his size. Like he's what the Eagles want to build around. So I would go. I'll go. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, Florida State. David Ogba, Michigan. And then just to to free my, you know, make me feel good inside. I will go Drake London, nineteen out, out of you. I really like the Drake London pick. I, I like yeah. the dynamic of Smith Watkins London as a as an attacking mm-hmm. threat for for the future for the Birds. I think that's exciting i know he's a contested catch guy and we just touched on that but right i think that's a really potent offense it's, if you've got a quarterback who is more accurate to football right as well. it's like saying it's a great car if the engine works like you know yeah, exactly. i mean like they have to jalen has to be better he has to be better as a passer and he could be he, he'll be a year older he'll have more experience but that's where it goes for them and I, he said before he's never had uh, two consecutive years in a row with the same coach be through yep. college or through the nfl so Look, he's backed up his words with an improvement last year. Uh, Let's hope he continues to back up his words and continues to prove people wrong in Philadelphia. I'd I'd certainly be very happy. Uh, My mother bought me a a Hertz jersey for Christmas this year. I'm pretty sure I told Katie to tell her, my fiance told told her to tell her to get me a Smith one. The Hertz (laughs) one's there. I'm okay with that. Uh, You know, there you go. It'll always be a good jersey to have. It'll be good for discussions at the uh, at the bar. Yeah, exactly. has, has there been any um, word about Jalen Hurts' rehabilitation with his ankle problem that he had? Mm-hmm. How so did he, had a, he had a pretty minor uh, ankle surgery. I actually saw him at the Sixers game uh, recently. He seemed fine, no walking boot, walking fine. So I think the expectation is he'll be good to go whenever off-season workouts begin, which are not that far away, maybe like you know six, seven weeks, something like that. Yeah, cool. All right, we can't let you go, Elliot, without talking about your leads. I was about to say, like, what have we just been killing time for 20 minutes here? Like, <laughs> so uh, last time we rub it in. Well, aren't you a Newcastle guy, if I remember that correctly? I am, right, yeah. So yeah. you guys finally playing well over the last like month or whatever. <laughs> We've had a bit of a, a bit of a financial in- injection uh, yes. from the from the Saudis, which has helped a little bit. That's not a conversation with this podcast. I was going to say we, yeah. we will we will talk about Leeds, Bielsa, meteoric rise, bringing Leeds. Back to the former glory. We know you're a big Leeds fan. Yeah. And now he's gone, Elliot. How do you feel? Are you going to stay up? Talk to us. So here's my thing with Bielsa. Like, he obviously did a great job. He got them back up promoted. So props to him. But ultimately, they were just getting smoked every week. They're giving up like four or five goals every week. They weren't competitive. I didn't like his man marking system. And I do think that injuries obviously played a factor. Like Bamford hasn't played. Calvin Phillips haven't played. Like they're missing some of their best players. But I also just think Bielsa, like, I don't want to say wore out his welcome, but you look at what Jesse Marsh brings to the sideline and he's so energetic and you can see him connecting with the players and, and all those things. And like, I don't, I mean, so I just think it was time to move on. Like now, will they stay up? Like, 
first of all, the win over Norwich, like talk about an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I, when they tied it, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like they're definitely getting relegated. And then for Gelhart to get that in the last minute was killer. I do think they'll stay up. Like, I mean, you look, Norwich is definitely going to go down. I think Watford goes down. And I just they're too like, lost. They're too yeah, they're lost. Right like, I just can't imagine Everton will go down. You guys are no better than me, but like, when's the last time Everton was down? So Everton have never been down in the Premier League history. Right. So in the third in the thirty years, the Premier League has been the name of the top tier in yes, the UK. Exactly. They've been down twice in their history since eighteen seventy. I know yes. this not because I'm a football nerd, I kind of am, but I did <laughs> I did Google it the other day actually when I was talking to one of my buddies. What I will yes. say is <clears throat> Newcastle are a massive club, and we went down twice under very poor management and and steership in in 2007 and, and later in 2012 i think it was and right. if you look at the team we had then it's not too dissimilar in terms of these guys should not be getting relegated mm-hmm. and the problem at everton seems to be systemic all the way through the club like benitez is a quality manager he couldn't do anything he said there's something wrong with the club the players the attitude you know frank lampard's i'm not going to sugarcoat him and say he's an amazing manager but he's an up-and-coming manager He's right. better than what we've seen out of Everton. I'm telling you, I would not be surprised to see Everton go down this year. I mean, that just seems like it'd be crazy. And like, again, I'm here in the States. So like the idea of relegation is wild, but just a, a club like that with that type of financial, like what they make and what they spend for them to get demoted, just, it seems bananas. But I guess I just ultimately think Burnley, by the way, I think Malcolm Jenkins owns a, uh, owns a piece of Burnley, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, but um. Any I chance of Malcolm Jensen coming back to the Eagles at any point, Elliot? Nah, I don't think. I mean, well, now that Carson's gone, maybe. But I, I think, like, <laughs> I, I'd be safety. <laughs> but uh, what is there? There's like 11, 11 weeks to go, 11 games to go, something like that. So I feel like if Leeds can just get, like, seven more points or, like, something like that, they'll be fine and they'll stay up because Norwich and Watford are definitely down. So – but I'm hoping for next year if they get Adam Aronson. So I, I'm feeling optimistic, but it's going to suck if they go down. These games are going to be on at like Tuesday at two o'clock over here. So I'm hoping <laughs> they, they, uh, they stay on the weekends. Yeah, well, we, we, hope, we hope you stay up for, for your benefit as well. Thank you. Ali, listen, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for the mock draft, chat about Jalen, and also the free agency picks you've had so, we, we've had so far on top of your nose. We know you're a busy man. So uh, just a couple of questions before you leave from me. Yeah. And uh, the first one is 76ers. Are they winning it all this year or not? If you would ask me this a week ago, I would have said yes. But so I. I don't know. They're just so thin on the bench. And Embiid looks like he's wearing down. The Nets are playing so well. And it's really, really hard to win a title. So I think they have a good chance. But if I had to bet, I would say no. Two more, two more quick ones then. Uh, Singleton's just been let go. Is he coming back? Does he get picked up? Does he come back? I think there's a chance he's back. I mean, they, they didn't tender him because he was making about two and a half million on the tender, which is not much money at all. If I'm him, I'm definitely salty. They didn't just tender me. But I think uh, I think there's a decent chance he's back. And then final question. Another free agency pickup before, before the window shuts. You got anyone in mind? Well, I mean, look, I know they wanted Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't know if in the last half hour or so if that has happened uh zach pascal the receiver from the colts a tie to nick sirianni um i think he's someone to look at marcus mays the safety from the jets uh i think you know those are the guys are looking at they're looking at slot receivers and safeties that that's where they're at right now 
Well, I've had no notification from Adam Scheffler uh, or you on my yeah. notification. So <laughs> maybe that means uh, there's, there's no movement and you're all good. Elliot, listen, thanks for coming back on again and spending your time with us. We'll, as I said, we'll get you on before the season starts, which would be great. And we really need to get like a next man up British and Irish. I know, I need one. So, uh, also, aren't one of you guys a United fan? Aren't they playing right now? Like who? Yeah, who, I'm who suffering. I know. Is it still? What's the score? Is it still they were one no last down the last time I checked. But thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Didn't they, didn't they lose their first leg too? No, they drew it. So they, it yeah, they have a chance. They're still in with a chance. But um, right. I know you're taking I'm gonna, great. I'm gonna put that on. We hang up. So good oh, luck. Amazing. <laughs> Elliot, we love you over here. Thanks for spending time with us, buddy. I'll chat to you soon, no doubt, on on Twitter. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Elliot. Cheers, Elliot. Oh, always great to have uh, ESP back on the podcast, even if 50% of the fan base don't always agree with what he says. Uh, I really like him. He's a nice bloke and some good takes there, I think it's fair to say. Phil, reaction to uh, to one of, your, to one of your heroes there, ESP being on the podcast, and, and apologies for not throwing too many questions your way. For those listening in, uh, we had a bit of a time difference kerfuffle before we started this podcast. Turns out the Eastern time changed last week. So while I was sang munching on my uh, bolognese, I had a message come through from Phil saying, damn. <laughs> Turns out Elliot was on in uh, about seven minutes. So uh, there you go. There was a, a rush interview with Elliot Shore Park, but it was it was great to get him on and have those takes. Phil, um, reaction? Yeah, it was a little bit like that. Um, John Trafalta me, wasn't it? Elliot Shore Park's in the Zoom lobby. Just looking around, going, yeah. Well, where is everybody? No, it's gone. Yeah, no, no. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a next man up uh, assemble, kind of like everyone scrambling around for various bits of equipment and um, the professional outfit that we are. And um, but we got it in the end. Yeah, and, you know, it's all good to see Elliot again. I mean, I didn't think we'd ever get him on once, let alone a second time. But then the recent guests that we've managed to get on, um, sort of makes you feel good that we can you know when we say we're going to get him on again you know he wants to come back on so yeah we're doing something right hey he came to us in the middle of free agency uh don't think he he quite realized that uh when he booked it in but <laughs> we, were we get him on the um first day of camp last season as well <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure we got him on a similar similar i'll take some of the blame for that uh, and the time zone and uh, so but uh, mick listen great to get his takes again uh, the second of many special guests coming on to our podcast this year in 2022 after Zebraum last week. Uh, yeah, Exc- excited, excited for what's to come, Mick. And yeah, reaction from having Elliot on the pod. Uh, it's always good to have someone who knows what we're talking about. Oh, uh, nice three pods. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's good to get the latest takes on, on tape and part of the, you know, just. Uh, bringing it over to the British and Irish Eagles and uh, having a, allowing time for us is, is pretty spectacular and it's something I, I didn't I, ever think would sort of happen when we started this podcast, what, 18 months ago, something like that now? So After 18 months ago, yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, just, just off the back of what he said, uh, he, of what he was just talking about before we left, we asked him about free agency picks that we might pick up. He talked about uh, Zach Pascal from the Colts, uh, who was receiving balls from Mr. Uh, Wensylvania, uh, last year over over Indianapolis, uh, and also Juju Smith-Schuster, who we know from uh, his time at the Steelers. Let's see see if that comes in. But before we do that, I want to let, let's you know let's mix things up a little bit. Uh, free agency face palms, we're calling it, uh, which has happened in the last few days. Is wouldn't know to trade, but we'll throw them in anyway. 
Elliot mentioned he wasn't very happy with how the free agency come for the Eagles so far. We've missed on some important players and not disputing that that's definitely the case. Some of the people around us have been making some similarly questionable moves, shall we say, and, and, and organizations that are important to us. We'll kick it off with, we just mentioned Mr. Carson Wentz a second ago. He's been traded to the Washington Commanders since the last time we were on the podcast. Nearly said something else there. Uh, he's been traded to the Washington Commanders since the last time we were on the podcast. Phil, are you surprised that a team has picked him up and taken his contract and paid two-thirds one which might come a second? Well, uh, yeah, it came out, actually came out of the blue. And, and, and I mean, but then when you realize it's the Washington commanders and, you know, the, the clown show, the organization that they have proven themselves to be on more than one occasion, you almost think, well, it was either them or the Jags, I suppose. Um, but since Doug Peterson's at the Jags, I probably eliminated that one. Um, <laughs> aside from obviously Trevor Lawrence, but, you know, I'm just joking about the uh, the old breakdown of <laughs> relationship between the two of them. But um but yeah, like obviously, if you have read the article, um, you know exactly how I feel on the on the situation. It just it almost feels like a little bit of plug that baby, there. Phil. Plug that article, man. Yeah, well, you know, Carson's commanders or commanding Carson kind of alluding to the fact that there's obviously that debate about whether he can be that leader in that locker room, and I think um, it's been proven again. All the all the all the talk that was behind the scenes with Alshon Jeffrey and that when he was still at the Eagles and Alshon Jeffrey gets turfed out eventually because of the, the scorched earth that comes from that one and and the fact that you know we would didn't we refused to believe it when we started doing this pod obviously it just it was just kicking off into that whole that whole uh scenario of of uh, is Carson going to end up getting traded or not and trading him this 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 the, the subsequent trade to the commanders is just proof and it's almost like saying yeah, closure for for eagles fans so it's it's a definitive full stop on the the debate for us yeah. and it's someone else's problem now the colts uh i was listening to the air and the nfl talk about the the, the wentz trade and 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 they were kind of a bit split and it was kind of interesting to hear them talk about it because on one hand that everyone seems to be bigging up the Colts. Oh my God, how do they get that contract shifted? How do, how do they manage to get two thirds for it? Um, and then I think it was Mark Sessler was kind of going out, but or, or Greg Rosenhal was sort of saying, well, they got themselves into that position in the first place. So yeah, exactly. if anything, right. the best they yeah the best they can claim is like a go out of that one, lads. Like you can't yeah. give them credit. You're not going to give them stick for putting themselves in that position. And, and it's just you know anyone you don't hear many people kind of going, oh, how he was wrong to trade once anymore. Um, so you know what makes me a little bit sick about this whole scenario? The 128 million contract he got. <laughs> the dude is stolen a living, I think. Dying yeah. out for the rest of his life and his kid's life and his grandkid's life. Who's the loser in that one, though? You, know, <laughs> you kind of got to give him a... Every team contract. has paid him a contract since then. The Eagles, the Colts and, and the Washington Commanders. They're all losers. He's still on the Eagles contract, is he not? Well, yeah, I know, but they... technically, yeah, I know, but like what I'm saying is that it's not like the, we're the ones who gave him that contract. He's the one yeah. who's dining out on it for the rest of his life. So, I, I guess we've got to take that out of the column, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, who's really laughing here? Probably Carson, which is which is which is sad. Uh, but yeah, I think you know what you you hit the nail on the head there, Phil. Great point about the proverbial nail in the coffin, as it were, to this whole discussion moving forward. You know, he, he's he's out watching the watching the Commanders now. That's twice I mean, he's in a row. 
Uh, he's at Washington Commanders now. <laughs> it's new, guys. It's new. Uh, he's at Washington Commanders now, and it's their problem, as you say. And Mick, yes, you see him twice this year, baby. Uh, I was hoping really never to see him again. Although I was sort of looking forward to him coming back with the Colts, but to see him twice a season for God knows how many seasons. Oh no, wait, it'll be one season because he'll get found out in Washington, and they'll sling him out. He'll be. Flipping burgers in a couple of years' time because it's absolutely shite. Not with 128 million, he won't. But yeah, I get you. <laughs> but that's the other side of it, though, isn't it? It's it's a case of if you're Carson, yeah, you're making all that money, but there's no way you can look at that situation anything other than a. We'll give you a year, mate. You know, you must be embarrassed, right, Phil? <sighs> but for 100 again, for 128 million, would you be embarrassed about anything? I think if you ask anyone, what would you do for 128 million? I think you probably both a lot more, emba- a lot more embarrassing. <laughs> Than, than, than you both know I do a lot more for 128 million than Carson. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's one of those things where it, it's just crazy how how that situation has has developed. Like not like in the article again, uh, referring back to it, it's 12 months ago. That's it. It's like it feels like a lifetime ago that does, Carson yeah. went to his our quarterback. We've had an entire season of watching him at the Colts do the same crazy shit, and then. Then the, then the back organization come out and basically throw him under the bus and trade him. It's like it's because we've had forty podcasts in STEM, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I Life know. Comes out you fast when you playing hero ball and can't come under the locker room and everything <laughs> that we told the Colts before we traded them came true and it will happen but again. We expect the apology letter in the in the post Colts fans. Yep, it will happen again. One thing just to bear bear in mind, and something I picked up when I was following Twitter when the whole trade was going on, a number of what a number of the Colts, Indianapolis Colts players were tweeting out like, "Why?" Again, I don't know if you picked up, but it's like the fifth or sixth quarterback they've had in the last six years. So I mean, I mean, you know, you, that roster had what eleven Pro Bowl players this year, and it's their sixth quarterback. I know this isn't Colts podcast, but Jesus, like they need to win now. I think that's just all down to the, the Frank Reich sort of sticking his neck out and making a mistake, but rather than doubling down and trying to make out that it was the right decision that they still believe in Carson doing what the Eagles maybe did for, for, for a little bit longer than they should have done. They, they've come out and cut their losses pretty quickly. Um, it's just like what I was going to say, touching on the on the Hassan Reddick um, situation was that it, it felt very much like the first move since the Eagles were out from the dark cloud of, of Wentz's cap hit and the freedom to do that because the last two off seasons haven't been spectacular. I mean, he was pretty savvy last season getting Wilson and Harris and, you know, for what it's worth, they did the job. They got us, they, they improved the team even just a little bit. And, and now this is like, wow, I think this is the first signing I've been properly excited about since Smith. Personally. Yeah, I mean, again, another brilliant take, Phil. This, why didn't I have you uh, ans- asking questions to Elliot Parks earlier? Gaffer takes over my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's very true. It, it is the first uh, signing where we've been actually... It's like, you know, you're in the casino, but your your partner's there with you. You know you've got a history of spending a bit of money on the roulette table, um, and she goes to the toilet, right? <laughs> you got a chance to put a few more, more chips on somebody black. That just me, lads? Um, but yeah, they, 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 had a, they had a chance to, to splash out anyone. And they've got more money to splash out as well. It's not like they're, um, you know, strapped for cash at the moment. We, we probably will see a bit more of a splash in the market, um, you know, for free agency or trades. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, let's splash. talk a bit. 
Sorry, I was. That's what oh. happens when you have a, a a quarterback on a rookie contract. And when we had Wentz, yeah, we weren't big free agency players. When we took on his dead cap, and again, we couldn't be big free agency players. We never have been. We're just sort of watching all the, all the other teams revel in the in the first couple of days of free agency, watching all the big ticket names coming off the board, and you're just sitting like. Mm. Wish we could have some of that, <laughs> you know. So we, we finally got a bit of a slice of it uh, yesterday. So hopefully that continues. Yeah, you can argue that they've not been big free agency players since 2017. Spenders, yeah, no, you're dead right. Um, again, that's because of the trading up to to get cast in the first place. One hundred percent. And it's yeah, it's interesting because it's a very interesting point, Mick. Because do you throw all your chips in on players? So do, does all that talk in the in the previous year, towards the end of the playoffs, towards the Super Bowl, you look at the quarterbacks who are playing at that stage of the season and you're like, okay, the difference in quality there is ridiculous. But then you look at the sort of money that's forked out for a Mahomes, for a Rodgers, you know, for, for an Allen, I'm sure, and a Herbert uh, when it comes around. What happens if those players go down? Well, what happens if Herbert and Allen in two years aren't what they thought they were? Mahomes and Rodgers is a bit different. They've proven it over years. But is there something there around only giving big, big money for players who've proved it over a long period of time, who aren't, or, and, are, and are sturdy, who aren't going to get injured and aren't going to put you in cap hell if they either turn bad or, or get injured, compared to giving a lot of money for a young player who's had one or two years of flashes and then kind of ruins your strategy moving forward. I think... Yeah, that, sorry, Phil. No, no, I was, I was say that reaching back to Elliot, he's mentioned on a few, few pods that I've listened to, so saying, I think gone are the days. I mean, like you say, with Mahomes and, and Rogers, that is, is the exception. But gone are the days you can't plan for five years in the future, and and that's what Eagles, the Eagles did with Wentz. They they almost, I think, with Wentz, it was about fifty percent um, performance and fifty percent feeling bad because he didn't play in the Super Bowl and like wanting to sort of stand by him and 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 support him. And ultimately, this is what happens. Uh, when you when you do it for the wrong reasons, so yeah, I think it's it's not going to stop it. I mean, you look at people like Kirk Cousins, the contracts they're stealing. It's just right place, right time, and the situation of the team, how desperate they are for that quarterback locking down. Well, you want to lock me down, you're going to have to give me 150 million over four years, um, and it's a question of how desperate the situation is. All right, so question for you both. Uh, how many games till Carson Wentz is dropped or injured for the season this year, Phil? Four. Nice. Rick. Six. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> only, only because I just think that this he's not going into a Colts team that is supposedly the rejuvenation of it. He's going into a, a coach who's probably been forced down his throat. He's like, you know, I don't want a quarterback from this year. Well, we need someone. We're going to get Wentz in. Yeah, Another right, team well, who doesn't have a lot of weapons to throw at either. Not anymore. They've traded a lot, of, a lot of them gone in free agency, haven't they? So um, McKissick went to the Bills today, didn't he? Yeah, receiving receiving running back out of the backfield. McKissick McKissick won't, won't be there. Uh, well, they didn't have many many receivers. McLaurin, who's a who's a who's a decent wide receiver, but to be honest, that for me is overrated compared to some of the other wide receivers in the league and. Um, tight end's not a, a very strong position for at the moment. They're pretty good in the trenches. I just don't think that, that Rivera uh, suffers fools very easily. Mm. I mean, and I just don't think, I think he'll either do the season or he'll be gone pretty early before, definitely before halfway, but I reckon it could be as early as four games. I mean, they're obviously keeping Heineke, so they know they've got 
an adequate backup. Uh, Eld Heineken. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of people are saying, isn't it? With the, with the yeah. why are you trading for Wentz when if you if you are just bridging the gap, surely you can suffer one more year under Heineke. He wasn't wasn't obscenely bad. Well, they, they obviously they, they, think there is something there for Wentz. I mean, you know, I, I who I know. who does? Because well, let's face I don't, it, the, I don't the, know, but someone does. Someone the GM's does. a joke. So yeah. All right, there's listen. Oh, that's enough about. That's enough about Wentz. Uh, if you want to read more about Wentz, please go to the British and Irish Eagles website. You'll find out a link on our Twitter page. And there was a really good article penned by Phil um, last weekend, just gone by, about Wentz's journey from being drafted to the Eagles all the way through to the highs and lows, mainly lows. And, um, oh, you know, a little bit of, bit of smugness there about where he is now. And I think as Eagles fans, we can all allow that and all enjoy a bit of that. Why not? Uh, so let's keep it in the free, the free agency face brands. Uh, this will be the first one because the rest of the trip, that was trade. Uh, we'll go to the Jags and we'll talk about another former Eagle in Doug Peterson. I think it's fair to say all of us were fairly happy that Doug got another shot at the Jags when we first heard that news. Tell, tell me if I'm wrong, uh, Mick Phil. And before we get into what's happened, before we get into what happens, were we happy for Doug another chance, see what he can do? Mick? Yeah, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. He definitely deserves a shot somewhere. Um was a little disappointed that it was Jacksonville because of how just terrible an organisation that they are. They just seem to be terrible year on year. I know the NFL is sort of built on parity and, and you know, the worst team going from worst to first a lot of the time, you know, but Jacksonville just seemed to be stuck in the mud. They never seem to climb out, um, pop their heads above. Uh, but, well, hopefully Doug can be the guy to sort of turn the organisation around. He's got a, 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 a very good young quarterback who is, you know, took all the plaudits out coming out of college, out of Clemson. Um, you know, been a generational talent, so we've yet to really see that. He didn't have a great year in his first year, but they say the quarterbacks always take the, the biggest step in their, in their second year. So um, they've brought in a few weapons for him to throw to. Um, I'll let you guys discuss. Weapons, Phil? Would you would you call them weapons? Yeah, we'd call them weapons, but I think over in the UK, weapon different type of weapon means certain different things. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, I said I said to the guys earlier that um, with watching the free agency frenzy that's been going on, I almost forgot for a second that laughing at the Jags. It's like it's poor old Dougie P. He's inheriting this this change around when you're sort of exchanging Chark for. Kirk, there doesn't seem to be any upgrades there. It's a case of are they just going for the the number one overall pick again um, every year? <laughs> just the, they can't win a Super Bowl, so let's win the number one overall pick every year. Um, I kind of feel bad <laughs> with Doug Peterson. Imagine that's the objective in the room at the start of the year, right, guys? There's one goal this year. <laughs> yeah, it's Before. like, I mean, he oh, Doug's not a stupid guy by any means. We we know that, but. You know, it kind of hints more towards that maybe it was a desperation to get back into coach in this case of, the, I'll take anyone, I'll take the Jags. Um, there's no expectation. They got a good quarterback, maybe a good receiving call, maybe I could do something with it. And now he's sat in there going, I literally am back in the Eagles in 2018. Mm. Um, there's just We're not... Worse than, worse than. Well, yeah, worse than. But what I mean is that when you kind of look at it and you go, where's the blue chip talent yeah. in this team? It's all... Gone. Um, well, it's not. It's not Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, or Christian Kirk. I mean, Christian Kirk had a decent season last year. I know there's 
a lot of shade thrown around about the sort of money they paid for him, 21, 22 million per year for the next three, four seasons. I think it was an 81 million contract. And Zay Jones, they paid into the 20s for a couple of years as well. Neither player were wide receiver two for their teams last year on the on the depth chart when they started the season. Now, they might have been wide receiver two by the end of the season with injuries and whatnot at the Cardinals and at the Raiders. Well, not just injuries, other stuff went on at the Raiders. But surely, I mean, Christian Kirk's being paid the third most money in the league at wide receiver behind Anthony Hopkins and Julio Jones. I mean, I'm not sure why Julio Jones is still being paid the second most in the league. I know he's a, a legend, but that's shocking. What you said, I think, didn't you mention that he's getting paid more than Cooper Cup and someone other Jefferson, like you, you name it. Well, Jefferson's still on a rookie contract. But yeah, but like Cooper Cup, the guy who yeah. literally smashed every record going. Stefan Diggs, that's it. Stefan Diggs. But then Stefan Diggs have a bit of a if he's if he season last year. But just generally when you when, I think when you put it in that context, saying so, you know, he's getting paid more than Cooper Cup, you just spit your drink. Or Devontae Adams. It's just crazy how it's like you kind of felt sorry for the Jags at a point and then you just look back and you look into between the lines and you realise that they just do it to themselves and I just don't understand it personally. More and more, I'm thinking it's a parody account. I'm, I'm thinking it's it's some kind of long-term joke where someone's had this idea of a TV show where they just hand the reins to this guy who hasn't got a clue what he's doing and then just film over 10, 15 years as he makes joke play after joke play after joke play to run your organization into the ground. I mean, I'd watch it, but. But yeah, like you said, going back to what you started the segment on, which is the fact that LA didn't seem to impress with our free agency, but when, you know, as we've just demonstrated, it could be a hell of a lot worse. And yeah, um, yeah, we had, I don't think the Eagles in a bad position and they've signed, like I said, signed Reddit, which is a, which is a fantastic signing. I think as well, that helps the draft situation because I think personally, I don't know about you guys, but, coming into the draft I was thinking we've got all this draft capital but a lot of needs as well and it just leads to this multiverse theory where you kind of like it, it could go absolutely anywhere and you're worried that, that something's not going to get addressed mm-hmm. and I know we've also touched the, the, the linebacker position we, we sort of we're not it doesn't it hasn't solved the problems but for me it's sort of going into the draft it's a case of we could get a line linebacker with the first one of the first three picks but it feels like there's less pressure the, the release valve has been eased just slightly in that regard that blue chip uh defensive back is just is going to mean that there's a little bit more flexibility to maybe go for someone like drake london in the in the draft and, and get a player like that so i think um i think they've had a, a pretty good one for you know there's something to be said about not doing much but sometimes you can do too much as well and i think also uh, i think you're right in terms of not doing too much power and that's we just touched on the Zay Jones, the Christian Kirk, the money that is being spent on wide receivers so far. I think Shark went for 12 million per year. I saw earlier on today. Shark's done nothing. That warrants he's got talent, but he's not done anything in terms of production the last few years. So I don't I don't entirely disagree. Just before we move on from free agency face plans, uh Dallas. Dallas sucks. So they've uh, they've re-signed Gallup. Uh, wide receiver, but that's meant that they've let Wilson and Cooper go. Mari Cooper, I think one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league, didn't have his best season last year, but has four 1,000-yard season under his belt. And, yeah, I, I was 
pretty shocked by that, to be honest with you. <laughs> they resigned Schultz, which was good, but Gregory, Mick, talk to me about the Gregory situation, which passed through today that we saw unfold in the last two, three hours. Yeah, well, uh, he done a U-turn, didn't he? <laughs> Amazing. So, Amazing. So uh, Dallas thought they had um, their, 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 their man in the bag. Uh, turned out uh, the man can read small print on uh, on Jerry's on Jerry's contracts, and he thought, "Nah, fuck this. I'm away to uh, Denver." So he's on to Denver, baby. Gone. He's away to team up with the 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 AFC yeah. over there. And the, I mean, they, they brought in Ross Wilson. If Made a couple of good moves this offseason, so Denver's one to watch. Denver, look at that graphic earlier on today. They were the most improved team in the league last year. I don't know what metric they were looking at. I think there was a number of um, metrics involved in it, but they had the most percentage improvement last year within the team. So, hey, Denver, going to be a potent threat next year in, in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, you know, Dallas sucks. And Giants have done a little bit on the offensive line. Not a lot to shout about. So, yeah, free agency fake plans. It could be worse. We could be Dallas. We could be losing Cooper, Wilson, and Gregory. We could be Washington Commanders, and we could have Carson Wentz at the helm and not a lot else. And we could be the Jags. I don't think anyone wants to speak the Jags. Doing, doing a bit too much. <laughs> doing, a bit, doing a bit too much. All right, cool. So let's just quickly talk, on, uh, talk about some of the stuff that's happened in the last few hours on free agency, as we are uh, live here, uh, Alex Singleton, Shagger, has been released for now, at least, uh, to test to test free agency, as has Giant Killer. Mick, I know you're a massive fan of Giant Killer Boston Scott. How do you feel about that one? And then, oh. Phil, I'll come to you on, I'll come to you on uh, our, sh- our Shagger. It's just so sad, isn't it? It's, I mean, Boston is like say he's the giant killer. He's the guy that we roll out twice a season to just put New York back in their place. Um, Boston's got uh, he's, he's he's definitely a serviceable running back. I know people don't pay running backs anymore, um, apart from Dallas. Um, they're they're paying the price for that now <laughs> with, with the contract that they gave. Um, Zeke, yeah, Zeke. So, I mean. Boston isn't going to cost a lot. There's a good chance that he can come back. They they makes it through free agency and, and we just pick him back up for for the minimum. Uh, hope hopefully that we do because as we said we had a good running game last year. Um, we started the you know the running back by committee and we're utilizing you know a whole range of guys um, for situational type. Um, you know if, if we need just short yardage or you know. His yards per carry is not bad. Like, you know, over the last few seasons, he's been one of the most trustworthy players to go to, to turn to when injuries have hit. We want to change a change of a change of pace. Part of me, I know it's a business, part of me is a little bit sad about the disrespect for Boston Scott. Yeah, that, that, like I said, I would, I would have picked him up. It depends how much money it is. Like you say, it's a business at the end of the day. So the, the Eagles have, have, have obviously made that decision. Just thinking, you know, if, if we lose him, it's not the end of the world. We can, we, we have gained well there. We, we drafted um, him last year. Uh, I know we've got Sanders for at least another year. We could potentially take another rookie in the draft. Running backs come in time with us in these days. So, 
it isn't really the end of the world, but the sentimental value, yeah, absolutely. Everybody, everybody likes Boston Scott, I think. So Bryce Hall's on his way to the Eagles, that's what you're saying, Mitch? Yeah, I mean, like, he even, like, see some of the interviews last year, um, and the Eagles and Boston Scott was acting as, like, the bodyguard for, oh, was it for Maya Lata? I think he was yeah, as a yeah, bodyguard yeah. and stuff like that. So it's just that kind of presence of, around the locker room, and that's, that, that's missed as well, you know. That's, there's, a lot, there's a lot to say for locker room presence as well as, like, on-field ability. I mean, I, I know you don't pay a guy just to be a clown in the locker, but... Um, well, they pay JJR saying a white flag to block to block on <laughs> screen passes a wide receiver. So why not? Why not pay a guy to be a clown in the in the locker room? <laughs> yeah, um, think, Phil, think, go on, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just saying. I think with with Boston Scott and Singleton, they're sort of they're the they're the Travis Fulgham's of of, of twenty twenty one. I think you can't. Oh, that's harsh on Shagger. No, I don't mean like the gone in that sense of the, of the the whole story. I just mean in terms of you know they're they're nostalgic players. They 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 they've, they've done they've done a, they've done a job. But if the Eagles need to improve, they need to be, need to get better. And and they can't keep going back to the old um, bringing Boston Scott. You know if they they can't bring Boston Scott back and Jordan Howard and then repeat rinse and repeat and hope that gets better. They've got to try for better. And the beauty of of, of Scott and Singleton is that I think that they like Elliot said earlier in the pod that I think they'll still be there I don't think there's a huge sort of um, demand for them and that's no discredit against them I just think it's one of those things where at, at the Eagles Scott is incredible and somewhere else people aren't that willing to sort of expect that same, kind of same level of performance I think you, it's still it's way too early there's still plenty of time they could very well be back on the on the on the 53 come come September but you know you've got to look elsewhere you can't just sort of stay where you are you've got to keep moving there's a a lot of take Phil there's compensatory draft picks have just come in but I can't I can't try and find where the Eagles win is while we're live on the podcast so we'll do that another time yeah I hope they're back Phil Uh, I hope they're back in some capacity I hope they don't get picked up I can I can see I can see both getting picked up I, I just can Maybe the giant, maybe the giant sign, the giant killer, just you know, to put him on the field against the Eagles next year. Uh, Singleton's done well, if not spectacular. He's serviceable as a as a linebacker for a team who's struggling in that position. Even though we are, maybe it's a sign that we're going to do more at the linebacker position in the draft. Um, and and hopefully that is the case for a change. We'll see. I, I, I suspect, well, was it? Sorry. No, I suspect someone like Singleton's going to be signed to the practice squad again come the start of the season. Like he. You know, he invariably was when he started his career, and he's going to be the backup to come in. You know, when injuries inevitably seem to happen, I think that's where he—that's where he should be. You know, you think? I think he's got a position as a starter somewhere. But hopefully not, isn't it? It's, it's well, hopefully not. Of, yeah, you're right. It's, it's more of a case of yeah, you're right. If someone picks him up, it'll also be good. It's a bit like you know, in terms of when Ertz went to the Cardinals, you kind of think well, he deserves. He deserved the shot to be to go for the Super Bowl. It didn't work out for him for it. But somewhere like Singleton, if he gets a, a part somewhere, a team that we can all root for and root, hopefully does well, if as long as the Eagles and and signs they make sort of are better. <laughs> well, Mick is better than me in multitasking because I've just seen a, a tweet, Mick, from you, which is dang it. Do you want to fill us in on that one? Oh, was um, Jordan Hicks has been picked up. Jordan Hicks has been picked up. Yeah. Just speaking, speaking about linebackers, yeah, that's yeah. One, one of the guys that sort of targeted the free agency that was hoping to possibly pick up. 
Get him back um, at the Eagles. That bring, was bring, him back, bring him back to Philly. Um, we sort of spoke about it during last season, about bringing Jordan Hicks back, because Arizona was sort of moving on. He drafted, they, they drafted in that position. I think that's where they're sort of expecting the, the rookie to take over now. And, and uh, I've told Hicks, thanks for your service. But um, he's, a, he's off to Minnesota now. Yeah, Vikings, yeah. Um, but, it's, yeah, go, going back to Singleton, um, I like him as a person more than a player at this point. Uh, so, it'll be. I think it's very interesting that he was a captain on the team and they're letting a captain go to free agency um, and not putting any sort of tender on, but this is like $2 million or something like that. It's, it's, it's not a, an awful lot of money, but they'll save a bit if they get him back in minimum contract. Um. He's not a three down. He's not a three down linebacker that yeah. he discovered last season. So, I mean, he is there as a, a sort of squad player. Maybe the, the Eagles sort of overdid it last year, where they thought he, he could be that guy. They said, "Have a year to prove it." He didn't prove it. So they're saying, "Like, go and test free agency, go and make some money for yourself if you possibly can." But if you can't, we'll bring you back. There's a space back but there. That's, that, that's possibly the discussion that was had at the time. We don't know, but. So sort of speculation, but all, all the best yeah. him wherever he does land. If he does land somewhere else, hopefully he gets, gets a better bag. Here, here. All for that. All for here. He's given us a lot of joy over it since we started recording this podcast. And um, yeah, I uh, like that. Shagger. <laughs> we need a new shagger. So we will be we will be taking um votes, suggestions over the next few weeks for the 2022 shagger. Uh, if you have any, if you have any ideas of who that should be, please do tweet in to at British Eagles, and we'll uh, we'll see we'll see what comes of that, and we'll we'll have our own uh, say maybe next podcast. We'll uh, we'll have a little look. Not wait until after the draft. We'll see. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, what to just quickly discuss? Another couple of people come back. Cha 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 cha. I'm not going to try and pronounce his surname. The 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 cornerback is back for a season. Obviously, he's proven himself. Not a lot really to talk about that over there. Let's see what he does uh, in preseason. If he, make, if he makes any play for a starting role, I'll be surprised this year, but we'll see how he goes. But Greg Ward's back again. He not young. He must be 26, 27 now. He was pretty late coming out of college. Is he there just as a third-string quarterback, or is he there as a wide receiver, Phil, as an option? He, he came up clutch in a couple of games towards the end of the year. I remember that. Yeah, and I think that's essentially what he was there for. Like I say, much in the same way, maybe he, hopefully Singleton will be back in the squad to sort of be that guy that, you know, if he needs to come in, knows the scheme, knows how the team works, knows what he needs to do, no nonsense, no frills, no ego, just comes in, might catch a couple of touchdowns in a season um, and come up in those clutch moments, which he did in a way. It sort of did seem like at the end of the season, it's like, oh, quick, we'll give him, a, give him an appearance and... It was a bit obviously a garbage time, a couple of garbage time touchdowns, I think, towards the end of the season. But we know he is that old, reliable. And in yeah. the same way, if you see Boston Scott come back in or, or yeah. someone like Jordan Howard, they're there for those people that you don't, you're not going to, they're not going to start. But if you have to start them, you, you're definitely not upset about having them in reserve. Uh, that just brings me like you, you made a really good comparison. I feel like I put Scott and Ward in a similar bracket in terms of the running back wide receiver room and that's pretty much what you were just saying there, Phil. And we touched a little bit on Gamewell. I think there's another conversation about Gamewell in in a future con in a future um, podcast. Are we expecting a big step up from Gamewell this year in in year two running back. Running back is in the 
generally the sort of position where there's a massive jump in year two, three, four, five, it tends to be year one, two, go or bust. Phil, you expecting to see more from Gainwell this year coming out? He did have a bad rookie season. I'm not saying he, did, he had a bad one. Didn't have a spectacular one. What the roles he had there? No, I think I think he had pretty good standard uh, stat season, given sort of the situation he came into with sort of Sanders, you know, the uncertainty and the injury around him he came in a lot earlier than maybe we expected to got a few key touchdowns, um, surprisingly, um, in some key games, got some more touchdowns than Sanders because Sanders got none. Um, Relatively high pick though for like, you know, running backs aren't, you know, look, looked at that high in the draft. It was a third round pick, Mick, is that right? Came well, Phil? I think it was a third round Fest, pick. Fest. No, really? I've got a yeah, yeah, oh, okay. it was. Was, was he projected to be like a second, third and, and fell? Sub or something like that, and fell. Yeah. Okay, my bad, my bad. Okay, well, okay, maybe I'm throwing way too much shade on that because <laughs> that's pretty good out of the fifth round. But yeah, he, he, I think the, there's bigger questions over Sanders for me than Gainwell, um, just because of of the injuries and the fact that he just didn't he didn't do the job when at the start of the season when it was Gainwell and Sanders, um, the running game was non-existent, and then it gets going when we have the two old reliable Howard and, and Scott. Um, Scott coming in to to really pound at home, and then Gainwell benefited from that as well. Ben, Gainwell was good in both schemes, being a backup in a one-two punch with with Sanders. He was arguably putting up better stats, and then still, when there was two sort of experienced running backs ahead of him, he still manages to get those touchdowns. So I'm not worried too worried about Gainwell uh, at the moment. I think they probably will try and look for. It depends on who falls at the end of the day. You know, a couple of mocks that I've seen. You've got a couple of the top the top running backs falling, um, or you know, and if they're there, it when you'd be you'd be stupid not to not to go for it. I think Howie, one thing Howie can never be accused of is is sentimental, mm-hmm. um, and if if the situation sits, he'll he'll make it work somehow. But also, live apology for me on on this podcast. You know, Gamewell had five hundred and forty plus scrimmage yards and six total touchdowns. It's not bad for a 150 pick of the draft last year. So, Gainwell, I'm sorry. Uh, I just, I, you know, I had hope for you before the draft. You fell a little bit. Maybe I had too high hopes, but you've done really well. So, uh, I'll, I'll take that shade back. And uh, well, I'm well pointed out, Phil. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Uh, Mick, uh, before we wrap up, yo, Herbig coming back, still 23 years old. They're invest- they've invested a bit in him. You know, he's younger than some of the prospects coming out of the draft this year. Neat dog. Three different positions that he's played on the O line so far. Neat dog. Aye, versatility. Um, stout knows how to coach offensive linemen. Um, the hair big, like you said, like you said, the, I think he played. Uh, I remember checking the, uh, the, the the different offensive line um, combinations that we had mm-hmm. through the season last year, or something that Phil was asking about um, last week. Mm-hmm. I think. From memory, that Herbig started about six games. That's, I mean, for, for like, I know last year we didn't have that many injuries, even though we still had a bit of a turnaround on the defensive line. But to have someone like Nate Herbig, Nate Herbig that can just slot in somewhere on that offensive interior is good value. You know, it's, it's someone that we can rely undrafted, on. Undrafted as well. 
yeah, it's someone that if if you know Brandon Brooks, I mean, great player in his day, but he, he just couldn't help the injuries. Um, Herbert had to come in. Driscoll got a couple of injuries. Herbert had to come in. Dickerson had an injury. Herbert had to come in. Um, also obviously, Mister Reliable Kelsey um, didn't sustain any injury, injury, so he never got the chance to play centre during the season. But Hey, did you um, see it? Did you just to put in? Did you see him do the national anthem at the semi <laughs> last night? I did. Let me just say, he's not Jordan Mailer. He's not Jordan. You know, I'm so glad you said that because there was a lot of chat, there was a lot of chat online about like a centre who can sing or an offensive lineman who can sing, I should say. And Jordan Mailer, oh lord, he's got a voice. Oh yeah, he's he's smooth, isn't he? He's, he's got a great voice. Um, I wasn't too sure about Kelsey's, but he, the, the guy's a legend, so I'll, I'll give him a I'll give him a break. <laughs> Better <laughs> voice than I've got. Karaoke, you, you've both heard my karaoke voice, so um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it in person. Person, better, better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, no, he played. Um, he played all 16 games uh, for the Eagles. Well, 16 of the 17 games for the Eagles last year. He started five games, so you were close yeah. with, your, with your six. And, yeah, he, he was a rotational and sometimes start starting caliber offensive lineman. Did, did pretty well. Uh, gave up three penalties, one sack during his time uh, on, the, on the offense and on the offensive line, sorry, um, both as, as a starter and as a rotational player. So, Decent. And again, he's 23. He was an undrafted, he was an undrafted free agent. Like, so, you know. Stout has got magic. Stout has got magic. Magic in his hands. I love it. All right, Phil, I got one question for you before we wrap it up, because we're, um, we've been on a while now. And there's a few, there's a few free agents who haven't been picked up yet. Uh, Barnett, McLeod, Anthony Harris, Stephen Nelson. But I'm only going to focus on one for you. And that's your favorite player in Derek Barnett. He hasn't been picked up yet. He was he had about 10 million. I think his salary was about 10 million this year, in and around that from memory. Um, in and around that anyway. Uh, he's not been picked up yet. We're into day two, day three is tomorrow. Most players who are going to be making that sort of money are picked up by now, if not soon. Are you taking Barnett back if he passes through free agency and if so what kind of money are you willing to spend on him bringing him back as a defensive or are you just not bringing him back at all I was going to say there might be an opening in the cafeteria or something that they can <laughs> they can open up and bring him back in the building and um, slash practice squad no oh. I, 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 the bonehead one was it the bonehead bone cafeteria <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's it well done love that um, <laughs> the thing is I've, I never said that his talent was the issue it was his it was the bit between his eye, bit behind the eyes. Sorry, the the, the brain, the the smarts, the the, the common sense, the, the petulance. And I think if he's not your like we were, we weren't exactly sport for choice um, last season. He was our only rusher. Um, and it's a case of if he's not your, your 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 primary guy, then then I've got no problem with that because he's not going to be the guy on the field the majority of the time causing those penalties. Like, but. It kind of just also proves it's just like you're not as good as you think you are because mm. you're not that popular and there's probably a lot of people out there kind of with the same impression of impression as me maybe that are in charge of football teams that kind of go um, don't need to take that risk for 10 million and, and riddick riddick's riddick's here with, with big money now as well probably going to play on the defensive end position a lot more than we've seen we touched on earlier williams is probably going to be in around it more than most people are touting graham's back 
What's the yeah, point? I, get him out, get him out of the organization, right? Someone will probably take a chance on him. I just don't think it'll be until the last possible moment and it'll be a case of uh yeah, go on, we will take a chance and there's too much there's too much better talent out there for for someone to want to go with, with Barnett with the the discipline uh issues that he can have. Awesome. Well, we have been Next Man Up, the official podcast of the British and Irish Eagles. And before we go and before I say goodbye to you, Mick and Phil, we do have some exciting news. We did a giveaway for an official Eagles hat, two of them, in fact, on our Twitter account at British Eagles. If you don't follow us already, please do go and follow us. And we are now able to announce the winners of those two hats. So congratulations to at Daniel J. Barry 01. Daniel Barry, and also at Eagles MCR, who lives in Manchester. If you're wondering who you are, we know who you are. We'll find you. We will find you and give you a Eagles hat. So um, please look out for DMs from our Twitter account, and we will send them to you. And we would love to see some photos of you in said Eagles attire when you receive them. We'll be doing many more Eagles giveaways throughout the years. We've got quizzes lined up. We've got meetups lined up. You'll hear more of that in the, in the coming weeks and months on our podcast. 2022 is going to be a big year for us. We are super excited. So Mick, thank you. Phil, the fence, thank you, sir. Looking forward to speaking to you guys in a couple of weeks when we have another special guest on, or if not before, maybe for something special instead. We've been the Next Man of Podcast. Thank you for listening in, and we will see you soon. Thank you.